Welcome to Ocean Water. We hope you feel refreshed by the living water of Jesus Christ as we help people receive drinking water from the ocean for free. Thanks for joining us for this weekend's message. And if you enjoy it, please share it with a friend. Hi, I'm Dr. Ryan Delameter with Ocean Water. I'm here today on the beach with my family where I live. I'm glad that you could be with us today. You know, over the next 12 months, it'll be a very exciting time as we help people not only in El Salvador, but also in Bangladesh and Indonesia get their water from the ocean for free and we continue to grow in these places. And I'd like you to be praying for what your role might be in that process. Now today I wanna to talk to you about six ways to have more energy in our lives. We all have a practical need for more energy at this time. And so today I wanna give you some encouraging things from God's word about how to do that. When we're getting around, we've all seen the, the gas gauge or the energy gauge at E in our vehicle. And you don't wanna be on E, you actually wanna be on F, you wanna be on full. You know, it's actually possible to go around in life on full. In fact, that's my prayer for us as you watch this today. In fact, that's why Jesus came. In John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full or the overflowing. That was Jesus's plan for our life, a full, abundant, overflowing life. Jesus came into the world so that we would have all the energy that we would need to love him and love people. So today, there are some things we can learn. And the first thing is, is that we need to understand what energy is. Well, energy is like money and there's certain principles for compounding it. So energy is a sustained, the, I mean the strength and vitality required for sustained activity. You know, life is not a marathon, it's a sprint. How do we get the energy we need for the long haul, the nutrition to go the distance? How do we find the attitude and the resilience necessary for sustained success? We could all use more of a positive attitude sometimes and we could use the resiliency and, and the prayer in our life to get back on the track for that God has for us. Well, God's a provider and he loves us and he wants us to have those things and he provides them through many different avenues in our lives. And today there's lots of verses that give us that in that regard, especially when God talks about the Holy Spirit. In fact, that's why the Holy Spirit came into our life. It says that you'll actually receive power, energy, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. That takes a lot of energy. Now the Bible's full of promises about living a full life. In fact, did you know that God can give us this energy from heaven? In Zechariah, it says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In Luke, it says, I'm gonna send you what my father promised, but I want you to sit tight until you've been clothed with power, with this energy from God. Second Timothy says that God's not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And then in Romans, it says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Corinthians, it says, my message and my preaching were not with persuasive words, but in the demonstration of God's spirit and power. 
The Bible is full of God's promises about having this energy. So will God give us the energy? And how? Well, you just have to ask for it. Just say, God, I'd like you to have more power in my life. He'll do that right now. The second thing that we need to do is just understand and develop good energy. You know, being connected with God gives us energy. Being connected with people gives us energy. Being disconnected from God will deplete our energy. Being disconnected from people will deplete our energy. We have to develop a horizontal, uh, horizontal and vertical uh, in our life to have the energy that God wants us to have. One time they asked Jesus a question. They said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, I want you to love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, the third thing is we have to develop good vertical energy. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that our relationship with God, we have to feel a connection with Him. If you have a broken relationship with God, that will deplete your energy. In fact, right now, we can repair it. You could just say, hey, God, I'd like to repair my relationship with you. Help me. And immediately, you'll be reconnected to God. God is so simple. We just reach out to Him. And then you might say, hey, God, what's been causing all this disconnection in my life? And most of the time, it's our selfishness. Ezekiel says, in order to lay hold of the hearts of the house of Israel, who were estranged from me through all their idols. You know, we have idols at some point in our life, things that we put before God. In the Old Testament, people would kind of follow God for a little while, and then they would get back into idolatry. Because as humans, we drift. Sometimes we get in a current, and we don't even know we're in it. You know, if you surf when the waves are, are big, uh, sometimes it takes a lot of energy just to stay in the right spot. This happened to me at lowers the last week. The swell had a lot of water moving around, and I was out there, and it was like surfing with a pack of sharks. Now it lowers. The sharks are four feet, eight inches tall, and they're 12 years old. They're actually terrifying. <laughs> I surfed for two hours. I caught seven waves. I paddled the entire time. I punched under about 30 waves. It was really exhausting. Sometimes life's like that. You have to exert maximum effort just to stay in the right spot. And it doesn't come easy. Now with God, sometimes we drift even without knowing it. We get in the current of life and the culture we live in, and it just takes us down the beach a little bit without us even noticing. The Bible says in Romans 23:23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That just means we are selfish people and we need God to help us be unselfish, to keep us from drifting. And only he can do that. And it's a lifelong process. We have to learn to be gracious to ourselves. I have found I'm usually disconnected from both God and people because of my own selfishness, the things that Ryan wants to do. Now, the more I learn to walk with God, the more I learn to walk with Jesus, I gradually become more unselfish. The more we practice the teachings of Jesus and practice God's word, the more we become like him. Psalms 86 says, Teach me, Lord, what you want me to do, and I'll obey you faithfully. Teach me to serve you with complete devotion. It's not the person who knows the most. It's the person who practices the most. Now, in my home, I have the most education, 
but my wife Maria is by far the best Christian. And I know this so much so that when I'm at home, I literally think to myself, okay, now, what would Maria do? Why? Well, because my wife's always thinking of others. Aubrey and Alyssa and Chris and myself and all the other people in our family. Jesus taught us about this in Matthew 7. He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, God's word. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish person who built their house on the sand and when the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, it fell with a great crash. I was listening to a, a conversation this week between Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, and they were talking about where do you get good information these days? Like, what news source do you listen to? Now, why is this? Because source credibility is at an all-time low. It's a, it's a global game now of he said, she said, that game we used to play in elementary school. No one knows who to believe, and I would encourage you to believe God. There's never been a better time to quit following trendy advice and start following timeless advice. Advice that's been around for thousands of years. Do you want advice for your life that came from the last 20 minutes of human history or the last 2,000 years of human history? Now, why can't we trust people? Well, it's because people use information for their own purposes. And people usually try to monetize their data and information and build a business plan to profit all of us. And so distrust is at an all-time high because people monetize misinformation for money. Now, how, why can we trust God's word? Because it teaches us to serve others. God's not trying to make a buck off of you. God doesn't do that. God is trying to teach us to serve people, to literally give away our lives, serving other people. Love is serving. Jesus said the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So we've also got to develop good horizontal energy, and this is people. So we have the we have the horizontal, we have the vertical with God and the horizontal with people. Both are necessary. Both are important. Genesis 2 said, it's not good for man to be alone. Now, that's not a verse just about marriage. It includes marriage, but in the Hebrew, it was about relationships. God was saying in general, hey, I'm setting up a system where vertical is not enough. I'm building in the horizontal. Jesus was asked a question in Matthew 22, we talked about this before, a teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first most important thing. And then the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything revolves around those two commandments. This is where we get our life goal to love God and love people. That's why we're here on earth, that process of learning to do, to do that. There's a vertical and a horizontal aspect. Ecclesiastes says, woe to you when you fall and there's not someone there to pick you up. That's not a Jesus pick me up. That is a people pick me up. Have you ever fallen down in your life and not had someone there to help you? Jesus was on a mountain in the middle of his passion. He's sweating drops of blood, crying out to his father. And he turns to three guys, Peter, James, and John, and says, will you sit with me? 
my soul is distressed. He was saying, I need people right now. Paul said this. Paul was talking about his struggles and being beaten and being tortured and being in prison and being naked. And who did he ask for? <laughs> he asked for Titus. Now, God could have sent a Bible verse or a miracle, but he didn't. He sent a person. He sent a person. So again, there's the vertical and then there's the horizontal. One of my favorite verses is 1 Peter 4. It says here, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You know, God's grace has various forms and we actually transmit God's grace to each other. Adam needed Eve, Jesus needed Peter, Paul needed Titus, and we need each other. The biggest thing that holds us back in our relationship and acts as an anchor is unforgiveness. The Bible says, bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, we don't forgive people because we like it. We forgive because Jesus commands us to do it. We don't do it because we feel like it. We do it because it helps us grow. We need to cut those anchors of unforgiveness towards people because they keep us from sailing to the next spot that we're supposed to be at in our life. In fact, why don't we just do this together right now? Say, God, who, I, who do I need to forgive? You wait a second. A name will pop in your head. That's the Holy Spirit. And just say, God, I forgive that person for what they did to you and to me. Bless them today and help them to be close to you in Jesus' name, amen. See, that feels good, doesn't it? So what else do we need to do then to develop more energy? Well, we need to develop graciousness in our life. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know who is a bummer to be around? <laughs> People that are judgy. Jesus said, do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure that you use, it'll be measured right back to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank coming out of your own head? Don't say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a, there's a massive plank or a beam coming out of yours. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly and remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know who's a great example of being a gracious, loving person? My friend Adam. Adam emanates acceptance and love towards other people. And that's why we all love being around him so much. Gracious energy is contagious. And it's little effort on our part. You see, we're the delivery systems of grace to each other. We're like gas stations of God's grace to one another as we go through this life. The next thing is I want you to develop real friends. The Bible says there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. It speaks of loyalty. Can you name a few people in your life that you are loyal to? And let me ask you a question. Is it really productive to spend time with people that don't care about you? You know, we all deal with people every day who are unkind to us. How do we do that? Well, we be kind. Billy Graham said, when you wrestle with the pig, both of you get dirty. 
but only one of you likes it. <laughs> let me give you a little relationship rule. You never let the way someone else treats you determine how you treat them. We are always in control of how we choose to treat people. So we always want to be kind. In fact, God is watching how we treat people when they're rude. And how you treat people when, you're, when they're rude, especially if you're kind, God's watching and he smiles. So think about a few people in your life that you're loyal to and that you have those close relationships with. That's a place where we can get great energy and resilience from. The, your close people in your life can actually be energy multipliers for you. That's how I get the energy in my life to do what I do because I have a bunch of gainers around me, not a bunch of drainers. A lot of people have draining relationships and not very many gaining relationships. So how do you know when you can tell when you're in a draining relationship versus a gaining relationship? It's super easy. You'll hang out with someone and then when you're done hanging out with them, if you feel awesome and you feel wonderful and you have great energy, that's a gaining relationship. If you hang out with someone and then you get done, you're like, oh my gosh, I need a nap. <laughs> That's a draining relationship. Just pay attention to the, how that, where you're at internally. And I'm thankful for the gaining people that I have in my life. My wife, my wife, Kurt, Mark, Bobby, Adam, Drew, Justin, my inner circle are all energy multipliers for me. That's how I do what I do. Those people give me relational nutrients, a lot like having a kale salad full of bee pollen and almonds and blueberries. Nothing but the richest, deepest nutrients. In the same way that we have nutritional nutrients, we have relational nutrients. In fact, I'd like to share with you four of those things to, that encourage me, and I hope they encourage you as well. Good nutri nutrients. Well, one is just being present. Put your phone down and put it away when you're with people people before phones. Nothing communicates more clearly to people that you're disinterested in them as a person than when you're on your phone in front of them. It's disrespectful, it's annoying, and it basically says you're not important to me. So put that down, that'll help you in your relationships. One of the few things that Job's friends did right in the Old Testament when he had everything taken from him, it says in chapter two that his friends sat with him for seven days and nights and did not speak a word. They were just present with him. They were there with him in the moment. That's a ministry in and of itself, just to be present with people. Uh, and then uh, in John 1, it says that Jesus came full of two things, grace and truth. It doesn't say he came full of truth and grace, and there's a reason that it's actually in that order. Have you ever been like truthed by someone? someone who came up and told you something about your life, but they didn't have the relationship with you for you to really be able to receive it? Yeah, it's because we're supposed to have relationships with people before we speak hard truth. Most of us end up feeling judged and beat up and shamed and end up not feeling welcome around people. Romans 15 says, accept one another as Christ accepted you, and that brings praise to God. That's where it all starts acceptance, relationship, love. So we want to be that encouraging uh, source for other people. And a lot of time our, our vertical relationship is 
maybe even easier to work at than our horizontal. So we want to be present with people and we want to be encouraging. We also want to be positive and that's the second thing. We want to be positive with the people that are around us in our life, which is giving words that dispense grace to people. Now, when we get discouraged and we get down, we need people to speak encouraging words into our life. Words that lift us up, not words that, that tear us down. And you need this when you're four, and you need it when you're 40. It's not an age thing. You know, like the TSA, when you go to an airport, they, they go by the mantra, if you see it, say it. If you see something good happening in someone, affirm that. Jesus did this. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. People need to hear it. The Bible says, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones in Proverbs. And the third thing is you want to bring perspective. You know, delivering helpful information. Sometimes we just need somebody to give us some insight into our life that can kind of bring some clarity. Somebody that can help us see through the fog that we're in in the moment. Proverbs says in Proverbs 19, listen to advice and accept discipline. At the end, you'll be counted among the wise. And then lastly, we just want to be proactive, which means pushing to take a practical step. Pushing to take a step of behavior. Pushing to take the step where we begin to develop a habit, like reading the Bible every day or being a part of a, a Bible study in someone's home or like a house church. You always have to take a practical step where you implement it into your life. You know, the internet is flooded with coaches and consultants right now, and that's fine. But even the best coaches and consultants know that it's always about relationships. James 1 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. We all need practical advice. Advice is good. Steps are good. Solutions are good. Just do it when you're there emotionally with people. So I hope that those things have been encouraging. Ephesians 6 says, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Now that's my prayer for you today. That you'd have the energy you need every day and night, the right nutrients in your relationships. Let's pray together. Say, God, I need your advice today. I need your wisdom. I need you to encourage me. God, please help me today to have the energy to be successful for you. God, help me build a network of gainers for my life. God, please bring me people this week that fill me up. God, help me to fill others up. God, help me to cut the anchors in my life, the things and people that are holding me back from going where I need to go for you. God, help me to eliminate the drainers in my life. God, I ask that you would give me the power and the abundant life that you have for me this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us this weekend. If you'd like more information about Ocean Water Church, how to join us on an upcoming trip, how to be part of one of our clean water projects, how to financially support our movement, or even information on how you can start an Ocean Water Church yourself, please look us up at oceanwater.com.